I can just imagine him in a meeting. You know, yes, this is the contract I've been waiting for. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much, Jerry. And he signs his name, and then he stands up and he says, I'm going to go ahead and have the surgery now. You can't turn the football over 17 times and think you're going to win a game. Can't do it. Won't do it. When it came to the big payday, Dak, you got your money. I mess up his name. I can't even get this. That's a kitty. That's a kitty? That's a kitty. But at the same time, oh, we're going to shackle them in? We're going to take over? <laughs> you are not Diana Prince. This is not Themyscira. I saw it coming. That's why I went solo. You'll never see me coming. I said three. Others were saying eight. But the judge said six. Welcome to every living and breathing intelligent biped on the planet Earth to this sick show. It's your boy, the man, the myth, the hashtag legend. In my own mind, big day, talking not only sports, but news of all kinds. Also, welcome to those checking us out on this sick podcast. On Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Overcast, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. I also want to give a shout out to all my sick listeners over there in Ireland listening in the land of the Lucky Charms. Hong Kong, the birthplace of Kushila. The land of the rolling R's. Speeding. Over there with their Swedish meatballs. Swimming in a big bowl of marinara. Portugal. The home of ports. Canada. The home of that delicious maple syrup. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Mexico. The home of avocados from Mexico. Pakistan. Thank you. Come again. Thailand. Home of the Thais. Germany. Don't get shame. Don't get shame. Peru. Home of the Limas. India. Nice to see you. Shining bright like a diamond. The Netherlands. Home of wooden shoes. Brazil. Home of Pele. And yes, these United States of America. Well, the verdict came down and I would say shocking maybe. But the verdict came down on Deshaun Watson and they said that he is suspended for six games. Not one, not two, not three, and I I really mean this, not four, six games. Like I said in the opening, I thought it was going to be three games. 
I figured it was going to be three games. I'm, I'm just not going to lie to you. I thought it would be three games and it wouldn't be any more than that. And then all of a sudden, there were people talking in all kinds of circles in the NFL uh, 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 world. And they were talking about, no, no, this might be eight games. And I was like, if it's going to be eight games, then Jacoby Brisket is going to have to take over for eight games. And it is not going to look good for the Cleveland Browns. And it still might not look good. But at this moment, it is what it is. Now, I think the NFL can come back and uh, object to that and then possibly bring the suspension down is what I'm hearing certain people talk about on Twitter, Google, everywhere else. And they're saying that the NFL has the ability to uh, uh, put it, you know, put it in that this is not fair and maybe they can knock it down. But as of right now, at this moment of taping this sick show, it is going to be six games. Now, the suspension came from the judge. No fine for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy has been stated yet by the NFL. But you got to understand, there's been a dozen, dozens, dozens of lawsuits. As a matter of fact, the Houston Texans, I think, on the last show we talked about it, went ahead and paid off 30 people. 30 women. They paid them off. They paid them some say nothing else about this money they got paid and it's confidential the former federal judge sue l robinson who was named the disciplinary officer in this case reportedly headed down the ruling deshaun had recently settled 23 of the 24 lawsuits against him in texas we know what he was accused of, so we're not going to say that and go through all that again. But this, this, even that is confidential. We don't know how much money has went out. Now, the NFL has not made a decision whether it would appeal the ruling. And they've got three days to decide. The NFL Players Association said Sunday it would not appeal the ruling and called on the league to do the same. In advance of Judge Robinson's decision, uh, we wanted to reiterate the facts of the proceeding first. We have fully cooperated with every NFL inquiry and provided the NFL with the most comprehensive set of information for any uh, personal conduct policy investigation. This is what the union said, quote unquote. A former federal judge appointed jointly by the NFLPA and NFL held a full and fair hearing, has read thousands of pages of investigative documents and reviewed arguments from both sides impartially. Every player, owner, business partner and stakeholder deserves to know that our process is legitimate and will not be tarnished based on the whims of the league office. This is why, regardless of her decision, Deshaun and the NFLPA will stand by her ruling and we will call on the NFL to do the same. End of quote. Now, the thing about it is, if either side appealed, the terms of the collective bargaining agreement says that NFL Commissioner Roger Goddell or someone he designates will make that decision. The union could try to challenge the ruling in federal court. 
here's the thing. Let's get this over with. Let him sit his six games. Let's put this behind Deshaun. If I was Deshaun Watson and I know he wants to play, he's getting paid anyway. Just go ahead and say, I accept the ruling. Sit out the six games. Cleveland, you go ahead and game plan for game seven. Let Jacoby Brisket go ahead and manage your games because that's what he's going to do. He's going to manage the game until your $230 million man gets back on the field. That way, you ain't got to worry about all this other stuff. You ain't, you ain't got to worry about people talking a lot of junk and all this other stuff. You ain't got to worry about the media. You ain't got to worry about the, 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 the underground press, the overground press, the, the in-air press. You ain't got to worry about none of that. You ain't got to worry about the NFL, the NFLPA, anybody else anymore. Your lawsuits and all of that is going to be just done way with. Just take the six and don't try to get it down to three because I'm sure Cleveland Browns fans I'm sure the dog pound I'm sure the league and I'm very sure your teammates are tired of hearing all of this go on and all this stuff in the background and all this noise look reduce the noise cancel the noise go ahead take the suspension like a man and just do your thing get ready for game seven hopefully at least you would be at 500 by that time that you can now say okay we might be um you know three and three okay cool now Deshaun Watson can come in and he can do his thing let me tell you this and I was talking to my brother-in-law Mr. Uh, Lawrence D. Bryson Sr. back in West Virginia who roots for the Washington uh, Commodores gonna be some sweet sounds coming down when the Cowboys whip you on the night shift that's we were talking about it. We we were talking about this and and essentially we were saying a similar thing when it comes to Deshaun Watson. But one of the things I said about Deshaun Watson is it's going to be somewhat to an advantage because this year teams will not be able to plan against him. Defensive schemes will not be able to plan against him. They're going to go off of what he did at Houston. He's in Cleveland now. This is a whole new team he's got. Whole new receivers, whole new backfield. He's got everything. So you can't game plan for him. At least for the first three games back. And by that time, Cleveland could be nine and three. So you got to understand this could work for the Cleveland Browns. But Deshaun, swallow your pride, son. Swallow your pride. Speak up for yourself. Don't say nothing else about the allegations and all that. Don't give no excuses. Just say, I accept the punishment. I will serve my time. And I will prepare myself physically and mentally and positionally 
for when I get back on the field. Then when you get on the field, do your thing. Talk your junk, smack, whatever. You do your thing. Clap back. It don't matter. You do your thing. But if I know people, and I, I know people pretty well, everybody wants to plead they're innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I, I wasn't the one. Yeah, you, you saw my hand in the cookie jar, but I did not take the cookie. You literally saw me reach in and grab that candy bar out of the vending machine. But it wasn't me. I'm innocent. You saw you saw an apparition. It was a ghost of me. It, it, it wasn't me. It was somebody pretending to be me. It, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Everybody is going to plead their case and not be truthful about it. Did he do all that he did? I don't think it was 30. I don't think it was 24, 26, whatever the number was. I don't think he did all of that, but I think he did something that he wasn't supposed to do. I think maybe he said, hey, you know, girl, you know, you got these hands and these hands are feeling good on my back. And, you know, hey, let's go a little bit further with it. And the girl was like, no, 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 I don't want to go further. And he said, yeah, 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 I'm Deshaun Watson and blah. And then she went further and then she she figured it out. And then somebody probably, she probably told her girlfriends and then somebody, uh, the girlfriend told her, you ought to, you ought to sue. It could have been that way. It could have legitimately went that way. Or... He could have did exactly what they said to all of them. We don't know the truth. The Bible says the truth will set you free. Some people say make you free. They debate over set and make, which I think that is just a a stupid debate. I'm sorry. Set or make. What you're missing is You'll be free If you tell the truth So if he told the truth Okay he's good to go He's free to go But the world wants to ha- uh, uh, hold him to this Okay let me do my time Let me do do what uh, y'all expected me to do I'm not going to say nothing else about it I'm not going to go to the press I don't care I'm going to go ahead and take this six But when I get back on day number seven When y'all rest I'm going to be putting it on you that's my thought pattern. That's I think that's what he should do. I'm not a fan of Deshaun Watson. Let me just say that. I am not a fan of him. But I'm, you know, not looking at him negative. There's nothing negative that I can really say about the young man. I'm not his fan. I thought he did a great job at Clemson when they won. But that was about it. But my thing is, be fair, be impartial. Okay, you gave me a sentence, let me do my time, and then let me get on the field and do my time. (sighs) All right, when we come back, major, major loss in the sports world. The one and only, the legend, Bill Russell. We got to talk about it. Don't go anywhere. When we come back right here on this sick show.
Stay tuned for more This Sick Show with Big Day along the BGC Sports Network. Welcome back to part two of this sick show. Hey, it's been 10 years. 10 years of the hottest sports talk in the known universe. Join us all year long as we celebrate our 10th anniversary and relive some of the most classic and memorable moments here on the BGC Sports Network. And make sure to check us out at bgcsports.net. 10 years of debate, 10 years of opinions, and 10 years of sports talk that's lit. Celebrating 10 years and still getting it done. We are the BGC Sports Network, a.k.a. the Big Game Christian Sports Network. All right. This one hit me a little hard. Um, Bill Russell. One of the greatest basketball players of all time. Passed away on Sunday. He was 88 years old. And Russell's family said in a statement that he passed away peacefully with his wife by his side. They still haven't made it clear how he died, but I think it's probably going to be natural causes. I'm just going to say it's natural causes. The man was 88 years old. And at some point, when you get older and you get that old, your body starts breaking down. It's just, just life. It's just the way that it is. And it is sad to see him go, but that man leaves a legacy behind. And it's, it's just unbelievable. And then right after he passed, there was another passing. We're going to talk about it in the third segment. Lieutenant Uhura. Nichelle Nichols on Star Trek. She passed away. She was 89 years old. She was one year older than Bill Russell. And what was crazy about it, after... Bill Russell's uh, uh, departure. Twitter went crazy. That's when we found out because we was watching some movie or something we were doing, me and my wife. And then it wasn't 20 minutes later. Nichelle Nichols has passed at 89. I was like, what in the world? But Bill Russell, absolute basketball legend. Absolute legend of a man. He was the most prolific winner in American sports history. Bill Russell could be considered among the greatest of all time. And that is a discussion that Mr. Bryson and I had concerning who is the GOAT. And everybody that you talk to will say Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Some people are saying that LeBron is the GOAT. Man. If anybody's the GOAT, it would be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Who is still on top for the most points scored. LeBron hasn't passed him yet. If LeBron passes him, you could say, yeah, yeah. He won't be on the, uh, what do they call it, the basketball, Mount Rushmore. 
I don't think he belongs up there. I'm talking about LeBron now. Um, I think that he could be on the lower tier, you know, the 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 uh, stones that hold the mountain up. That's where LeBron would go, along with a few other people. But there's a debate. I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell. Bill Russell had 11 championships, 11 rings. He ran out of fingers to put rings on. He was a U.S. Olympic gold medalist. The first black head coach of any North American professional sports team. He got all kinds of individual awards. In 2009, the award for the NBA Finals Most Valuable Player was renamed after him. It is now called the Bill Russell NBA Finals Most Valuable Player Award. Bill understood about life, things that went on in the background. He, he boycotted an exhibition game in 1961 because of discrimination. He led uh, uh, in Mississippi the first integrated basketball camp in the combustible wake of Medgar Evans' assassination. Assassination, sorry. Two decades of activism recognized by the receipt of the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2010. Russell would call out injustice with unforgiving candor. He was always willing and ready to disrupt the status quo. Bill Russell was a powerful example of a man, of a black man. Let's just say that too. He inspired teamwork and selflessness. Bill was tough. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver released a statement after Bill Russell passed away. He said, quote, Bill Russell was the greatest champion in all of team sports. The countless accolades that he earned for his storied career with the Boston Celtics, including a record 11 championships and five MVP awards, only begin to tell the story of Bill's immense impact on our league and broader society. End of quote. Bye. Commissioner Adam Silver. He also stood for something much bigger than sports. The values of equality, respect, and inclusion. He stamped into the DNA of our league. At the height of his athletic career, Bill advocated vigorously for civil rights and social justice, a legacy he passed down to generations of NBA players who followed in his footsteps. Through the taunts, the threats, the unthinkable adversity, Bill rose above it all and remained true to his belief that everyone deserved to be treated with dignity. Adam Silver added that Russell was the ultimate winner and consummate teammate. And his influence on the NBA will be felt forever. I mean, what, what can you say about Bill Russell? 
11 time All NBA selection, 12 time All Star. We said that the 11 championships, 5 time MVP. He was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame twice, once as a player and another as a coach. What has that been done? His number, number six, has been retired by the Boston Celtics and is he is the namesake for the NBA Finals MVP award. Huh. You know that boycott that he did, it was him and other black teammates. It was an exhibition game that was supposed to be in Kentucky in 1961 and they refused because they refused they were refused service at a restaurant. A lot of people don't know Bill Russell supported Muhammad Ali when Muhammad refused to be drafted during the Vietnam War. He was outspoken. He he was Bill Russell was the man. He was Papa. Through and through. Was a very good man. So Bill Russell has passed on. We we pray for the family during this time of transition. We lift them up. We know that the passing of anybody that we love is hard. And so I want to send up prayers. And I want everybody and all my sick listeners to send up prayers for the Russell family. We have lost a great one. We've lost a great one, if not the greatest one. Here's my thing, y'all. When we're talking about the greatest of all time, if it was based on rings only, Bill Russell got a hand down. He, he, he had it hands down. He has that title. But then when you put the complete game, you put the scoring in there and you put uh, the block shots, the steals, the assists, you put everything in there and you put also too the, the broadening of the NBA to make the NBA international. That's the only thing that he lacks on his resume. And I think that's why most people view Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. I was reading up on Michael Jordan's stance and the thing about it is is that Michael Jordan got to a certain plateau where he had had the six championships. He was the scoring leader, the all-time scoring leader before LeBron beat him and uh, he didn't catch up. Well, no, he didn't catch up to Kareem because Kareem has always been the all-time scoring leader. Michael Jordan was like third on the on the chart. He's down to six now, I think, because some other people have passed him. But as far as basketball being international, as far as basketball being on the Wheaties box, some of y'all don't even know what Wheaties is. Y'all ain't never had Wheaties before. You didn't even know Wheaties existed until I just said it. But Wheaties was a, a cereal. They were trying to push it for young people. But... It, it it didn't appeal to me I'm going to say that As a young person Until Michael Jordan was featured on the box of Wheaties I had to go get My box of Wheaties 
to see Michael Jordan on that box of Wheaties was 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 all that and more. And because of that, Michael went on and he got the Air Jordans. And because Michael came up with Air Jordans, do you not know his Air Jordans are still selling today? They're selling at $300 a pair. And this is what you got to understand. It opened up the door for players to get endorsements, shoe endorsements. I think after Michael was uh, uh, Stephon Monbury, if if I'm correct, who came out with a shoe after Michael did, and then other people came out Hardaway. I think Penny Hardaway had a shoe. Uh, we know Shaq had a shoe. Uh, some other people, Kobe had shoes. Every, everybody started getting their own shoe deals with Nike, Adidas, Puma, British Knights, whoever it was. Michael Jordan was instrumental in. Taking basketball across the world. Basketball ceased to be a United States only sports and it became internationally known because of Michael Jordan. But you can't talk about Michael Jordan without talking about people like Bill Russell, Oscar Robertson, uh, uh, some of the greats, Elgin Baylor, some of, some of the, the older greats. You can't. You can't knock it, Dr. J, Julius Irving, those people, Iceman, Gervin, all of Larry Nance, all you can't put Michael Jordan up there without those people. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Of course, we talked about Kareem. We said Kareem. But you had all these people who were helping the NBA to come together, and you had some great superstars back then you had some good great players back then Jerry West Jerry West is the logo Jerry West is the logo and only has one championship y'all think about that so when you talk about greatest if you're going by rings Bill Russell's the man hands down but when you go by scoring and you go by uh, you know your stats overall when you go by what uh, some of the stuff that's been done uh, um, you know on TV and endorsements and commercials and different things like that and, and bringing it taking it international when you look at that and that may not have been available to Bill Russell back in the day because if that was available to him if he was young now like he was back then oh he'd be the greatest without a shadow of a doubt But his greatness was limited by the times that he lived in. He lived in a time of struggle, a time of uh, uh, unequality for black people. There was only so much he was going to be able to do, but what he had, he made the best of it. And he did wonders with it. Setting up programs in the community for young blacks. Showing the centers in the NBA how to be an effective center. Akeem Olajuwon will tell you. Shaq will tell you. And I'm interested to see what Shaq says about this. We'll have to go search on YouTube and find out what he said about it. But I'm telling you, I'm just saying, when we're talking about the greatest of all time, yeah, Michael, Kareem, and Bill Russell. Some of y'all will frown. 
Some of y'all will say, no, no, that that's not it. And you want to put LeBron up in there. But LeBron is doing work now. He hasn't done the work. That was done. That preceded him. So he's doing work now. And at some point, if he continues to play, he may be called the greatest. I'm not doubting it. I'm just saying he may be called that. But it's a lot more than stats that goes into being the greatest of all time. If that was the case, if it was just stats only, I mean, look at Carl Malone. Carl Malone is, is one of the greatest power forwards of all time for his position. If you take it by position, the greatest power forward was Carl Malone. Okay. Who's the, who's the greatest guard, point guard? Right now, Chris Paul could make a case for that. I know Patrick Beverly don't like that, but it's true. You look at Chris Paul's stats, you can make a case for him being the best point guard ever. But there's others that you got to take into consideration. Hey, Steve Nash is in those conversations too. Oh, I know y'all just threw up your cereal just because I said that. Yeah. Dirk was considered a power forward. Dirk is one of the greatest power forwards of all time. Dirk beat Carmelo's, uh, I believe he beat Carmelo's scoring record. I gotta look that up. I might, I might be wrong. Carmelo might be above Dirk. But I know Dirk and Dwayne Wade are like right there, neck and neck. Dwayne Wade is another. But. A legend is gone. An icon is gone. He will be missed. And we just want to say thank you, Mr. Russell, for all you did for the National Basketball Association. All right. We got to come back. We're going to talk about Nichelle Nichols and what she did. I got a little something special for you, too, concerning her in her own words. So you don't want to miss it. Make sure you come back right here on this sick show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of this sick show with Big Day along the BGC Sports Network. Welcome back to part three of this sick show. Are you needing a quick, fast, safe, and reliable moving company? Well, search no more because Midnight Hour Moving has you covered. At Midnight Hour Moving, their goal is to provide hassle-free moves from start to finish. Midnight Hour Moving can also provide packing supplies, safe and secure warehouse storage. Plus, they can move you anywhere in the great state of Texas, both to and from the DFW. So call Midnight Hour Moving today at 817-399-1300. That's 817-399-1300. Or go to MidnightHourMoving.com and get moving. All right. Like I was saying in that second segment on Sunday, July 31st, 2022, we lost two of the greats on this planet. We lost the legend Bill Russell, the legend, the icon. And we lost another icon and a legend in Nichelle Nichols. You knew her 
as Nyota Uhura from Star Trek, the original series. I want to give you a little information about her. Went on Wikipedia, pulled this information off. She was born Grace Dale Nichols, born on December 28, 1932. She was an actress, singer, and dancer, best known for her portrayal on the original Star Trek series as the Lieutenant Uhura. Nichelle Nichols' portrayal of Uhura was groundbreaking for African-American actresses on American television. From 1977 until 2015, Nichols volunteered her time to promote NASA's programs and to recruit diverse astronauts, including women and ethnic minorities. Grace Dale Nichols was born the third of six children on December 28, 1932 in Robbins, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago, to Samuel Earl Nichols, a factory worker who was elected both town mayor of Robbins in 1929, and its chief magistrate and his wife, Leisha Parks Nichols, who was a homemaker. And later, the family moved into an apartment in the Woodlawn neighborhood of Chicago. Nichols attended Inglewood High School from where she graduated in 1951. Nichols also studied in New York City and in Los Angeles. Now, her break came in an appearance of Kicks and Company. Kicks and Company. I have no idea what Kicks and Company is, but she was in it. All right, hold up. I lost my place. Okay. Oscar Brown's highly touted but ill-fated 1961 musical. Uh, it was uh, in a thinly veiled satire of, uh, you know, The Bunny magazine. She played Hazel Sharp, a what they would call voluptuous campus queen who was being tempted by the devil. And mm, I can't say this word because this is a Christian um, station. What's it called when you when a bunch of people get together and they know each other? Magazine. Okay. Uh, to become know each other magazines maiden of the month. You know what? I I I'm sorry, I'm blushing right now because I didn't really read this part <laughs> before I did this. Now I'm reading it. Okay. Um, although the play uh, closed after a short run in Chicago, Nichols uh, attracted the attention of Hugh Hefner, the publisher of, you know, The Bunny, who <laughs> booked her for his Chicago Bunny Club. She also appeared in the role of Carmen for his Chicago Stock Company production of Carmen Jones and performed in the New York production of Porgy and Bess. Between acting and singing engagements, Nichols did occasional modeling work. In 1967, Nichols also was featured on the cover of Ebony Magazine and had two feature articles in the publication in five years. Nichols toured the United States, Canada, and Europe as a singer with Duke Ellington and Lionel Hampton. On the West Coast, she appeared in The Roar of the Grease Paint and For My People, and she garnished uh, garnered high praise for her performance in the James Baldwin play Blues for Mr. Charlie. Star Trek is what she was known for. And in 1964, 
that's when she came on the screen as Lieutenant Uhura. Nichols was the first black woman featured in a major television series. Her prominent supporting role as a bridge officer was unprecedented. Nichols was once tempted to leave the series. However, a conversation, which we're going to play in just a little bit, uh, with Martin Luther King Jr. changed her mind. And she went ahead and stayed to the end of the first season. And then after that, for more seasons as well. She was, how can we put it? Outstanding in everything that she did. And... She was noticed by Dr. King and other people. Um, <laughs> Nichols went to Gene Roddenberry's office. She told him she was planning to leave. She handed him a letter of resignation. Roddenberry tried to convince Nichols to stay, but to no avail. So he told her to take the weekend off. And if she felt that she should leave, then he would give her his blessing. That weekend, Nichols attended a banquet that was being run by the NAACP, where she was informed that a fan really wanted to meet her. Now, I want to talk a little bit before we get into the fan meeting her. Uh, I've got about two good minutes. Yeah, two good minutes. Maybe a minute and 30. But she did a lot at NASA, and former NASA astronaut Mae Jameson cited Nichols' role as Lieutenant Uhura as her inspiration for wanting to become an astronaut and Whoopi Goldberg also spoke of Nichols' influence. Goldberg asked for a role on Star Trek The Next Generation and the character Guinan was specially created for Whoopi Goldberg while Jimison appeared on an episode of the series. The biggest thing about her being Lieutenant Uhura came in November 20, uh, November 22nd of 1968. That was the year I was born on an episode called Plato's Stepchildren. And the episode is where the first interracial kiss on U.S. television uh, happened and it was William Shatner, Captain Kirk, and Nichelle Nichols Uhura and they kissed and it was groundbreaking. A lot of people was upset But she was totally fine with it She said I'm totally Fine with it I'm good <laughs> So She she to say the least Broke down barriers Her and uh, uh, you know with the help of William, William Shatner and Gene Roddenberry But Now's the time and this is a special time I wanted to do this And I wanted you to hear in her own voice what she had to say when she met Dr. Martin Luther King and what he told her. I believe it was an NAACP fundraiser but it might not have been but I, th I think it was. Um, and so I went to do this on that Saturday night and I had just been taken to the dais and sat down when the organizer came over and said, Miss Nichols, uh, how are you? And blah, blah, blah. And he said, uh, listen, um, there's someone here who said he is your biggest fan. And he's looking sharpy, you know. And, and he said, and he's desperate to meet you. He wants, really wants to meet you. And I said, oh, thank you. Now I'm 
no, you know, lots of fan mail, and I've seen it, the shows, and they're oh, they're being on for you know, and 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 the ones that I got to see because usually I didn't get home until after the show was over. <laughs> I didn't see the most of Star Trek that I was in until the reruns, <laughs> and um, and I was on hiatus at best. Um, so I got, I said, certainly. And I stand up and turn, and I'm thinking, it's a Star Trek fan. He said, it's a Star Trek fan. I'm looking for a young man who's a Star Trek fan. I turn, and instead of fan, there's the, this face the world knows with this beautiful smile on it. And I remember thinking, whoever that fan is, is going to have to wait because Dr. King, Dr. Martin Luther King, my leader, is walking toward me, not 10 feet away, with a beautiful smile on his face. And then this man says, yes, Miss Nichols, I am that fan. I am your best fan, your greatest fan. And my family are your greatest fans. As a matter of fact, this is the only show on television that my wife, Coretta, and I will allow our little children to watch, to stay up and watch. Because it's on past their bedtime. And I said, which was all that I was able to say, my mouth just opened and closed. He said, we admire you greatly, you know. And I, he said some more things, and and the the manner in which you've created this role uh, has dignity and so forth. And and he said, you know. Um, and before he said, I said, uh, Doctor King, thank you so much. Um, and then I got the courage to say, and I really am going to miss my co-stars. And he said, what do you mean? Dead serious. What are you talking about? I said, well, I've had an off... He said, you cannot... And I said, well, I've, I'm going to leave Star Trek because I'm going to say have an offer to star in... in, in. I never got that far. I said, well, I'm leaving Star Trek. He's, he said, you cannot... You cannot. And I felt like that little boy, Willis. What you talking about, Dr. King? <laughs> but you know I didn't say that. No. But I was taken aback, and I, I didn't say anything. I just looked at him. He said, don't you understand what this man has achieved? Is, is achieving or something this... And I thought, deja vu all over again. I just looked at him. He said, for the first time on television, we will be seen as we should be seen every day. As intelligent, quality, beautiful people who can sing, dance, but who can go into space. Who can be lawyers, who can be teachers who can be professors who are 
in this day and yet you don't see it on television until now and he went on uh, so so many of the things perhaps some of the things he he said but I could say nothing I just stood there realizing every word that he was saying was the truth and he said if you leave Michelle Gene Roddenberry has opened a door for the world to see us. If you leave, that door can be closed because you see, your role is not a black role. And it's not a female role. He can fill it with anything, including an alien. And at that moment, The world tilted for me. And I knew then, I didn't want to know it because I was going to go through some more turmoil for the rest of the week. And, but I knew that I was something else, that the world was not the same. And that's all I could think of as Dr. King. Everything that he had said. The world sees us for the first time as we should, should be seen. Wow. Can you imagine Dr. King saying that to you? That's inspiration enough right there to keep going for anybody. She's going to be missed. She was awesome. She was a role model. Thank you, Lieutenant Uhura. I'm done. Hey, thank you for tuning in to this sixth show. Coming up next is that hashtag brother of baseball, Mr. Willie F. Team Jr. He's going to keep you in the know. And make sure you come back right here on the BGC Sports Network and the BGC Sports Network, too. And listen to this. Whoa, Whoa, Whoa.